There was a documentary a few years ago called Seattle is Dying, and I was on a partner radio show at the time. So I got to be around a lot of so-called journalists, and they hated that program. They said it was trash, uh, and it was cherry-picking trash. They were furious about it, and they personally attacked Mark Matt, Matt Markowitz and the team that put that together at Como News, a Sinclair property there. And it was universal that they were just blowing smoke. And this was about the time, well, and it was a little bit after the time that I'd started to say, Seattle will become the new Detroit. There will be areas of downtown you cannot go. In fact, the West Coast will become that. It's also the time that uh, some friends of mine and I uh, were taken to task by a leftist publication that business model appears to be publishing sex trafficking ads for hating homeless people, for hating them. And I was taken to task for dehumanizing them because I said that it is not compassionate to store them on the streets, but rather to restore them as human beings is what we're called to do and as souls, which I now understand better. I was also accused of hating homeless people because I said that the government in Western Washington governments were advertising for mentally ill drug addicts to move there. I'll never forget a conversation I had with the so-called partner, a guy who actually could be a good guy. I don't want to say he was a bad guy. He could actually be a very good guy. And in, in reality, probably is a very good guy. Uh, but we argued horribly about things like this. He said to me on the show, really? Really? You can show me the billboards advertising for that? That's funny. I've lived here for a long time, Todd. I've never seen billboards advertising for drug addicts to come here. But they were advertising. By news cycles, you can shoot up. You can snort. You can sex traffic. It was all very, very evident. This is just one of the many things for which I was called a conspiracy theorist. But there's one thing that really freaked them out. That is when I said, you will drive in cars that are trackable and will be turned off when the government wants to do that. It's that and many other things. And I was warned and I was castigated. I was threatened to stop saying these things. Now. How much of this has come true? Well, let's talk about that and examine it beginning with storing people rather than restoring them. And as always, great thanks to Soda Weight Loss at SodaWeightLoss.com for helping us do these things. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America... Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Yeah, man, that partner show, that was a disaster. (laughs) I joke about it a lot, and I also, I feel bad uh, because they're not here to defend themselves, but They've got their own careers. And I, I, I'm honestly, I was just talking about their the argument. I was talking about Mike Lewis. Everybody knows that. So now I've named them. I, I, I'll tell you that Mike is a man of integrity. I mean that. 
And people who don't know, this was years ago. I did a, a, I made a stupid decision to do a show called Candy Mike and Todd. And I, I had some good reasons for doing that, but I had some really bad reasons for doing it too. And yeah, I'm, I'm talking about Mike Lewis. And I, I'm telling you, I, I know for a fact uh, that Mike is a man of integrity. And I mean that in, in all honesty. And in fact, when Mike and I sometimes got the show, do the show together alone, uh, man, it was, it was actually a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, and he surprised me sometimes with, with actually great acts of compassion. So I want to be clear on that, but man, that moment on that show where I said, we are advertising to bring homeless drug addicts to Seattle. He flew into a, a relative rage on, on the air. And, and he, he, with all due respect to Mike, he had a, a temper. I'm sure he has plenty of <laughs> downsides to talk about working with me. I'm sure of it. And, and who wouldn't have you know, downsides in working with someone like me? And yet it was so evident because every week we would have, uh, we would have rapes from people who'd come to Seattle from out of town, from Texas was a big one. Some guy moved from Hawaii. And then ended up raping, you know, women there. And they would go live in the, in the drug trafficking camps, in the sex camps. And why wouldn't they? Because there they can shoot up for free. Um, and not, yeah, well, sometimes for free, but I mean, free of arrest. And when that documentary came out, Seattle is dying. Uh, it was 100% all so-called journalists hated it. And made fun of it. And yet what it predicted has come to pass. And what we predicted has come to pass. The West Coast has invited drug addicts to live there. And now they're upping the ante. They're upping the reward. This is a clip of a woman in Portland. But with all due respect to her, she could be a woman in Seattle. She could be a woman in San Francisco. And she is someone's child. She is made in God's image. He loves her dearly. He wants her back. He wants her back in the family. Uh, she's probably, uh, I'm looking at her age, and I'm going to hazard a guess that she may well be someone's mom. And please keep in mind as we listen to this, there but the grace of God go I. Because it would have been really easy, really, really easy for me to end up like this. Super easy, but there but, the, but, there but for the grace of God. And she uses a curse word in this. I want you to hear it raw. It's not a horrible curse word, not that I guess... I guess some curse words are worse than others. Um, But she's talking here about what is it like to be homeless in Portland. So how is it like being homeless in Portland? It's a piece of cake, really. I mean, that's why you probably got so many out here, because they feed you three meals a day. You don't have to do shit but stay in your tent or party. Or if you smoke a lot of dope, you can do that. Um, Mm. What else? What else, Melissa? What else do I say? I'm being interviewed. Um, yeah, it? that's really it. It's like you wake up, you go eat a blanche, get high. Go eat a blanche for lunch, get high. Go eat dinner, get high. And, and that's all you do all day long, every day. I'm being honest. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Doesn't feel like that's really helping anybody. It's not. You, that's why you see all the tents. People are up all night. Okay, people are up all night, sleep all day. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing, Derek. Yeah, they're loving her to death. And that work is from Kevin Dahlgren, uh, Dahlgren, pardon me, who's working to end homelessness uh, by empowering, not enabling. In other words, by restoring people rather than storing them on the streets. 
The Lord Jesus, when he delivered um, help to people, he would often say, go and sin no more. I think of, of course, the, the woman who was about to be stoned. And so the Lord Jesus said, let thee who are without stones, you know, without sin, cast the first stone. And then he didn't say to her, hey, your, your sins are forgiven. Congratulations, good for you. He said, go and sin no more. Right? And this woman is really saying, hey, we're being told to go and take more dope. And we're being told to go and shoot up more. And this is the advertisement. And because of the format of the radio show, we didn't get to do little commentaries like this because there were all three of us arguing. That's the advertisement. And the advertisement is the media cycle. And the fruits of this are going to continue to blossom their poison fruit, and you will know them by their fruits. Because now the government or the, the government in the separate country of King County, which surrounds Seattle, is making the same decision that governments up and down the West Coast are making. And that is that they don't yet have enough of a, of a persuasive offer to move enough homeless drug addicts to their area. So they're now providing more benefits, which is going to hasten now. Seattle's already become Detroit and and worse than it's with record high murders again, record high overdoses again. It's already become Detroit. Now it's on its way to becoming the thing we're not supposed to say, which is a third world nation. One of the reasons why I call it a separate country. And look, everybody wants to give. And everybody wants, well, that's not true. Let me take that back. No, some people want to give. I was looking at some of the stuff that Alan's Soaps does at alansoaps.com slash Todd. And John's pretty famous for this, uh, this giving heart, you know, during, during the holiday seasons, looking for ways to help people, particularly stay clean. I look at that woman uh, in that video, and I wonder what it would mean for her. And There's no way we could find her. But I wonder what it would mean for her to get an opportunity to, you know, get out of the drugs, A, B, to have a hot shower in a place where someone's saying, hey, we love you and we don't want you to remain under the boot of these drugs. And yeah, we want you to take this hot shower with this soap made by this young man. And, and I wonder what that would mean. See, alansoaps.com slash Todd, it, it means more than the soap. It starts with the soap. Please, please never, never mistake mission for lack of product quality. I would never partner with a company that I couldn't stand by the product quality. The soaps are made in America. They're small batch. They're all quality controlled, all of them. Uh, in terms of being gentle on the skin, Alan is so impacted with health problems and, and challenges, I should say, and, and autism. His skin simply can't handle anything that's not hugely gentle. And the you know, consequence of that is my teen daughter, teen young adult, has said, this is my favorite face soap. And like a lot of teen girls, she's serious about her face looking good. She's got beautiful skin. So alansoaps.com, it starts with the product. But that woman, that woman who's, you know, now, she's not a street person, by the way, because she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't like the lifestyle. She derides it. She's honest about it. You know, she ended up there. Well, a lot of people in Alan's case who can't form sentences, they end up being stored in institutions, in, in homes where they're just told, you can't work. Alan works every day. The design of Allen Soaps stands on the product of the, uh, the quality of the product, but the mission is far bigger than that. It's to employ people like Allen. Every time you subscribe 
and buy new soap at allensoaps.com slash Todd, where you get 10% off. Use my name as a promo code. You get 10% off allensoaps.com slash Todd. Every time you do that, you're getting that company closer to the point of hiring more young people like Alan. It's allensoaps.com slash Todd. allensoaps.com slash Todd. Oh, and yes, there is a kill switch from coming for your cars. It's another thing those people said I was crazy about. Oh, and some other people saw that coming, like a guy named H.G. Wells saw that coming. So that woman speaks a core truth about what it is to live uh, the homeless lifestyle in the city of Portland. And it's the same thing as in the other cities up and down the West Coast. I was told you can't say that this isn't going to change. But it was self-evident it was not going to change. You know what else I was told? You can't go around ascribing motive. This is some of the things I was told on radio. You don't get to guess at people's motives because you're here saying this is on purpose. Well, a lot of people who told me you can't do that are now doing that. And God bless them. They figured it out. This stuff is on purpose. But some of the same people in radio said, you can't say this is on purpose. Five years ago are now saying, yeah, it's on purpose. And truly, I'm glad they've gotten there because it's self-evident. See, here they are upping the reward. There is a guy, and this guy is a prototypical leftist party member. He's His name in, in this case in King County, Washington, is Dow Constantine. I call him Smack Daddy Dow Constantine because he helped make Seattle a heroin city. But he is a carbon copy of these guys up and down the West Coast. He's an interchangeable cardboard cutout of a leftist. And yes, I, I will pray, and I'll do it now mentally, pray that the father will call Dow to himself, that's... That, that Dow will be, you know, be, 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 be able to see the, the air and what he's doing and how he's harming people. Here's Dow Constantine on Twitter. Don's Place in Auburn, our newest health through housing building, opened its doors this week to provide housing and services for people experiencing homelessness. They welcomed their first residents with the rest of Don's Place opening up early next year. And what they did is under the cover of covid They started purchasing hotels with taxpayer money. I said it at the time. This has nothing to do with the COVID flu. This is taking money to fulfill housing is a right. Now, what's different from that circumstance and the circumstance this lady just told us about? What is the actual difference here between the two? So how is it like being homeless in Portland? It's a piece of cake, really. I mean, that's why you probably got so many out here, because they feed you three meals a day. You don't have to do shit but stay in your tent or party. Or you- How is it different? You don't have a tent. You have a hotel. Full stop. Full stop. These hotels are the same thing as the apartments they have purchased for this use. They won't let people inspect them. They won't let the media do a walkthrough of a government-owned building, not even in the hallways. Want to know why? Because they're caked with human feces. Because they're foul and decrepit. Because there's blood in the hallways from where people have a blowout because their arteries are are completely dried up 
and calcified because they stick needles into them all day. Because there's vomit on the carpet. Because when people have gotten in to take the tours against the wishes of people like Dow Constantine, that's what they find. Why? Because they do not make people clean up to go in. These are called wet shelters, or the other way they'll say it, low barrier shelters. Low meaning no barrier. Meaning now, instead of being cold and owned by heroin, you're warm and owned by heroin. It's easier. They're taking the thing that's killing these people and they're making it more comfortable. That's an advertisement. It's an advertisement to move there. At the same time, the Seattle Times has written an article explaining that people are, there's a net outflow of residents from Washington State. Want to know why the Times says that's happening? Want to know? Work from home. They say it's just because people can work from home now. They don't tie it back to crime. They don't tie it back to the fact that if you're going to go play soccer on a kid's, you know, on a, on a high school soccer field, that you have to go do a needle check first. That is a legitimate thing in, in separate countries like Seattle and Portland. Before the kids play baseball, the parents go out and they comb the field to make sure there's no heroin needles. Same thing on football fields, soccer, anywhere. You go to a park with kids. You wear, you tell your kids to wear, um, you know, hard soled shoes. And if you're a parent who knows this area at all, these areas at all, you go look through the sand, you look through the bark and you do everything you can to check, to make sure there's no spent needles that are going to end up getting shoved up into your kid's leg and giving them hepatitis B. Or I guess what? Hepatitis A. And then there's this. This came from New Year's. This is from uh, a woman at King five news. By the way, she's going to get fired for this. Because she uses a word you're not supposed to use. Her name is Diane Lewis. I hope she doesn't get fired, but I bet she does, or at least suspended. Um, King 5 News is a race-hustling station. They ran a news report where they said, racism, uh, America's like an apple pie with, with racism baked into every piece of it. Paraphrasing, but that's basically what they said. And that was news. This is what she wrote on Twitter. Feeling bummed about having our King live truck vandalized with the graffiti just after New Year's, uh, New Year's at the Needle Fireworks Show. It was such a nice show, but this hoodlum ruined the mood for me and the engineer. If anybody can help us identify him, that would be great. Um, she said hoodlum, that's racism. That is, that is a racial stereotype. And she's going to get in trouble for that. Watch. So here they are on New Year's Eve, a station that pretends that the problem is gun violence and the station that pretends that the problem is white supremacy. And what they're seeing and watching is, in fact, something they're not even supposed to say is happening. But it happened to their van. Now, incidentally, Diane's right. It is an act of hoodlumism. Diane's right. She should be allowed to use that descriptor. Diane's right. It is a bummer. I don't know Diane at all, so maybe she is, in fact, one of the reasonable people who works at King 5, just trying to keep her head down. Oh, there's this. The thuggish attorney general of the state of Washington, the separate country of Washington, and incidentally, he's just a more extreme version of paper bullies that make up the party. He is a Merrick Garland of a lesser of a lesser degree, although in the case of Bob Ferguson, he's probably more scheming and I think more dangerous 
than Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland is just simply not a very bright bull. Bob Ferguson is a very bright man. He's an extremely bright man, and he's evil. Well, let me say it again. No, let me rephrase that. He is made in God's image, and great evil is done through him because I don't think Bob knows the Lord. When Bob Ferguson became the so-called attorney general, I say so-called because he doesn't attorney general, shootings were about 293 per year. Pardon me, uh, uh, yeah, shootings, about 293 per year. Uh, now, let's see, that was 2012, 2021. They're up to 612 per year. Interesting how that happens in a state where they've been passing law after law and dictate after dictate and unconstitutional measure of un, after unconstitutional measure, which were all designed to end gun violence, and it's somehow not ending. It's somehow having no effect. Well, we knew it wouldn't, but look back to what we were told. It's a conspiracy theory to say this is anything other than a well-intended attempt to stop gun violence. It is? How is it we were right? Because we know that most crimes with guns are not committed with AR-15s. We know that magazine size is irrelevant if you can take two seconds to switch a mag. We know that. Because we know when you let people continue to be stored on the streets, you're going to see more activity like we saw in Portland where a woman, a homeless woman, apparently homeless drug addict with a long criminal history, decided to shove a little kid's face into a metro train car. Fortunately, she didn't succeed. She attempted to do that, but she didn't succeed. Oh, she'll be back out. Yeah, she's been charged, but she'll be released. A little toddler. Oh, by the way, that was also in Oregon. So the results are here. We can watch them with our own eyes. Oh, there's this. Another California deputy was shot during a traffic stop. Okay, that's a risky job. Being a cop, it's always been known to be a risky job. But here's another thing that we said and another thing we're told. You can't go around saying that. You're going to get more cops killed. How could you know this? Because when you have better armed criminals than cops, because the only guns you want to take away are from legal law-abiding gun owners, you don't even bother to take away the guns from gang members when you raid their houses. You're going to have the same result. From the post-millennial, California Sheriff's deputy was shot and killed Thursday afternoon during a stop, a traffic stop, allegedly by a prolific offender who has been released early from a 25-year prison term, was set free by an activist judge. And this officer who lost his life, his name was Deputy Isaiah Cordero, killed in the line of duty, Riverside County Sheriff's Department. And look at this young man. Oh, Lord God, look at him. What is he, 25, maybe 30 years old, 32 32-year-old young man. And it didn't need to happen, which is a cliched thing to say, but it's going to happen more often, which is a fact. Oh, yeah, that thing I mentioned about H.G. Wells, that, that, that thing I mentioned about the kill switches for cars, that's all very real. And again, I was told, you can't say that. You can't make claims like that. You are engaging in conspiracy theories. No, I'm engaging in analysis. I'm engaging in pattern recognition, just like H.G. Wells was. H.G. Wells, God gave him genius. 
Uh, God gifted me with cleverness and cynicism and uh, the ability to see pattern recognition, I guess. Wells got genius. I got that. We're all gifted differently. Oh, the World Health Organization has a different idea of what's actually deadly. This also is one of the conspiracy theories that's come true. So weird the way that's always happening. You know, Zach Abraham, Bohr Capital Management at KnowYourRiskRadio.com. He often was accused. Man, you're just so cynical when you talk about interest rates shooting up. You're just talking the market down. You don't do that, Zach. You've got influence. Know Your Risk Radio is heard in a lot of markets. Don't do that, man. But he did it anyway. Why? Because it was the truth. How did he know? Pattern recognition. Because when math and ideology collide, math wins. Because as Zach puts it, when physics and political ideology go to war, physics eventually wins. You can't shut down power plants and not lead to blackouts. You can't try to convert the country to all electric cars when you're going to have to spend 200 years digging out the stuff you'll need to make those electric cars. And the market is not rational. When electric car stock was sky high, but not not the lithium, not the copper, not the gold, not those elements that are needed to make those cars. See, Zach looks at this from a perspective of a steward of your money. You can't steward wisely if you won't tell truth. So Zach has been telling us this truth. It's just the beginning of 2023. Is your portfolio prepared for the chaos economy? Is your financial advisor telling you the truth about the financial markets? If not, why? Zach's been telling these truths as hard as they are to tell for about a decade. You can reach him and move your money into a fund that is managed with risk management at the center. And if you're near retirement, good Lord, you can't stand, uh, can't, can't handle a bunch of risk. Call him at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Yeah, I was told so, so often, you can't go around saying things like there's going to be kill switches in cars. You just don't know that. Well, but I did. I said it because I knew it, and I knew it because it's very, very, very obvious. Let's go again to the patterns. When the separate country of Washington State decided that they wanted to be able to blackmail you out of your car, They started to tell a tale. And the tale they told was of, oh, electric vehicles? Oh, we didn't plan for that in our our taxes, our gas taxes. And, oh, we didn't plan for vehicles to become so fuel efficient. So we can't continue to allow this free riding. We're going to have to tax you per mile. Except for this. The gas tax is a per mile tax. Always has been. In fact, it's worse than that. You're paying a tax when your car idles. They get more money out of the gas tax. Because every time your car is idling, you're burning that asset, which has a tax attached to it. Now, on the electric car things, if only they could tax the charging stations, which of course they can. 
the design has never been about revenue. Not in that traditional sense. It's been about blackmail. It's been about we're going to crank up the costs for you to start your car in the morning. You're going to go get into your new car. You're going to turn it on, and then it's going to tell you what the drive is going to cost. So it's going to say to you, oh, you're in uh, you're in Alexandria, Virginia, and you need to drive to Baltimore? Okay, today that's going to cost you $1,700. But if you go pick up five people on your way, we'll cut the cost to you for 900 Or you can take the choo-choo train for 100 That's the way it's going to work. It's all pattern recognition. It's all very simple. They hate our mobility. They hate it. So you see people like or, uh, uh, cities like Oxfordshire in England doing the 15-minute city. You have to ask permission to take your car more than 15 minutes from your home. It's a trial. Now there's this. You remember that $1.7 trillion piece of spending orgy legislation that Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney and Tom Cotton decided to foist upon the American people? You remember that? Huh. The Daily Caller has an, argue, has an article up from former representative, congressional representative Bob Barr. He writes, Buried deep within the massive infrastructure legislation recently signed by President Joe Biden is a little-noticed safety measure that will take effect in five years. Marketed to Congress as a benign tool to help prevent drunk driving, the measure will mandate that automobile manufacturers build into every car what amounts to a vehicle kill switch. As has become the standard for legislative mandates passed by Congress, this measure is disturbingly short on details. What we do know is that the, quote, safety device must, quote, passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor motor vehicle to accurately identify whether that driver may have been impaired. impaired. Everything about this mandatory measure should set off red flares. First, the use of the word passively suggests the system will always be on and constantly monitoring the vehicle. Secondly, the system must connect to the vehicle's operational controls so as to disable the vehicle either before driving or during when impairment is detected. Thirdly, it will be an open system, or at least with one back door, meaning authorized or unauthorized third parties can remotely access the system's data at any time. Oxfordshire, England, the 15-minute city. You have to ask for permission to drive your car more than 15 minutes from your home. What if you don't ask? They'll turn your car off. What if you don't pay? They'll turn your car off. See, this is all about control. We know that. But the savagery involved in this is monumental because it targets, of course, working people. Case in point, I've talked often about the $50 each-way commute in Washington, D.C. To commute from Virginia into Washington, D.C. goes as high as $50 per trip. That's $100 per day. That is $500 per week. That is $2,000 a month to drive into the city, and that is a house payment in many parts of the country. 
its rent on a studio apartment in D.C., if that. And the working people have to work. People who provide labor in restaurants and in hotels, who cook the food that we eat when we go out, they have to be there to produce that. The thinking class, they call themselves, the laptop class, they don't have to be there for that. They can think, I can do a podcast anywhere. In fact, uh, I shouldn't tell you this. No, I'll tell you. Uh, I'm probably going to be purchasing a trailer or a, a camper to do the podcast on the road for a reason. And I'll disclose that later. That's kind of fun. Not everybody can do that. So yeah, there's a kill switch coming in our cars. Well, unless the Republicans step up and stop it. I'm sure that will be job number one for Mitch McConnell. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Job number one for Mitch McConnell is uh, number one uh, priority for Americans, uh, Republican Americans. Uh, make sure uh, Ukraine uh, win, win the battle because uh, uh, that's number one priority. Uh, it's uh, national sovereignty and, uh, and such. No, that's that's they're not going to come to the rescue in this. And again, I was told you can't say these things are going to happen. But how could you avoid the fact that these things are going to happen? And the way this manifests in the cities will be this. Your turn to drive to work is Monday. Other than that, you your car won't work. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can drive your car to the grocery store 15 minutes from your home. But since we're monitoring your vehicle, you go that 16th minute, we'll turn it off for you. We're not going to let you drive it. They want us to be shipped. They want us to be containers. They want us to be boxes shipped around like we're in a UPS truck. That's their desire. That's what they seek. And it's all pattern recognition. H.G. Wells wrote about this. You know H.G. Wells from War of the Worlds? He wrote about what was coming. And we'll get to that because it is phenomenal. We come back. Uh, there's this thing with, that's not like a radio guy again. Man, that's what I get for spending the... Uh, Six hours on radio last week. We come back. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Anthony Fauci. We need to get to a soundbite here. Robert Kennedy Jr. talking about Fauci and the World Health Organization. Hey, I was just sitting here um, and I, I was just recording some ads for the radio show. You know, we've got the weekend radio show, the National. Start the new year sleeping better in comfortable new Giza Dream Sheets from MyPillow, now as low as twenty nine ninety eight during that? the MyPillow New Year's special event. There's nothing better than slipping into bed with soft, comfortable sheets yeah. at the end of a long day. Made from the world's best cotton grown in a small area of the Mediterranean and then fashioned into fabric that's ultra soft and breathable, the Giza Dream Sheets satin. Sateen weave. That's it. Sateen weave. That's the part that keeps it cool. It's a sateen weave. See, this is me reading the, the copy from Mike Lindell from MyPillow.com. This is me. Eve gives him a luxurious finish that will have you sleeping like a dream. Available in a variety of colors and That's sizes. Machine washable and durable. All Giza Dream Sheets come with a 10-year... Oh, stop that. 10 years. This is all in their copy. Warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Shop the New Year's specials at MyPillow.com and use promo code TODD to get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including blankets, pillows, comforters, and the new Giza Dream Sheets for as low as $29.98 while quantities last. I'm going to tell you a secret here at the end of this ad. I'm going to tell you a secret. Last, stock up now at MyPillow.com and use promo code TODD for the New Year's special. MyPillow.com, promo code TODD. Listen here. My 
pillow.com. Use the promo code Todd, T-O-D-D. <laughs> See at the end where I did the T-O-D-D, you hear that? That's because I was short on the ad. Uh, when you record ads, like because we have to do them for 60 seconds, and that runs in the national radio show. Um, I have to make sure it's exactly 60 seconds. So you're sitting there sometimes, you're squeezing stuff in the end. But they actually write such great copy that I had to stretch it by saying T-O-D-D. If that is what you do, you go to MyPillow.com slash, or no, MyPillow.com. We're done with the slash. MyPillow.com, use Todd as the promo code. And man, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to be able to say on our national radio show. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for making that happen. Thank you. And let's give honor where honor's due. Um, God brought us together. Brought the team together for the cast, and then Radio America came along, and now we've got the weekend national show. That's a kick to say, i got to admit it. The World Health Organization has also made one of my conspiracy theories come true. The World Health Organization, now this is this month, by the way, or, or last month, December. Not, not 2020, December 2022. They, they have declared, in fact, it was um, Ben Q at Human Events wrote this up on uh, December 28th, 2022. The World Health Organization has declared those who've refused to take the, the controversial COVID. Why are you calling it a vaccine? Stop that. The controversial COVID injection, a, quote, major killing force globally as part of a new campaign being launched across social media. The video accuses those warning of the dangers of the COVID quote, vaccine as displaying anti-science aggression. It features pediatrician Dr. Hodetz lamenting the devastating impact of misinformation and disinformation about the COVID injections. We have to recognize that anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression, has now become a major killing force globally. During the COVID pandemic in the United States, 200,000 Americans needlessly lost their lives because they refused a COVID vaccine, even after vaccines became widely available. And now the anti-vaccine activism is expanding across the world, even into low and middle income countries. It's a killing force. Anti-science now kills more people than things like gun violence, global terrorism, nuclear proliferation, or cyber attacks. And now it's become a political movement. In the U.S., it's linked to far extremism on the far right. Same in Germany. So this is a new face of anti-science aggression. And so we need political solutions to address this. Yeah, uh, that's from the World Health Organization. Incidentally, that so-called doctor, um, he had accepted... A debate with Steve Kirsch we've had in this program, and you read Steve's, you know, Substack, and um, man, he's you talk about a guy. They picked the wrong guy to mess with with Kirsch because he's got so much money, and he's throwing a lot of it around, fighting the good fight. And hey, don't if you're going to pick on someone, don't choose a billionaire. And Kirsch, uh, he he challenged this guy um, to a debate, and he accepted. And then Kurt asked Kurtz asked him a very simple question. Steve did. Kirsch asked him. What is causing the massive increase in deaths and in these VARS injury reports, if not the injections? That guy who made that ad with the World Health Organization refused to answer that question. Robert Kennedy doesn't refuse to answer questions. I mean, and the guy has trouble speaking, and it's because he's got a medical condition, so sometimes it's hard to listen to, and I don't mean to be rude. It's, and I'm sure it's difficult. It's no fun for him. But he's been a truth speaker on this entire thing. And again, these are conspiracy theories. I was told you can't say that. You can't know that's going to happen. You, you said it's not, I was taken to task. You can't go on the radio and say it's never going to go back to normal. Why? 
It's never going to go back to normal. It's just like going on the radio and saying Democrats will never, never get a tax level they would like. They'll never get enough money. There's never enough government power. It's the same thing. It's never going to go back to normal. Normal's not the goal. So Robert Kennedy Jr. went on uh, The Greater Truth, The Greater Libel. This is uh, a, a, wow, that's a weird background. Podcast, Phil. Oh my gosh, it's like the Simpsons. And talked about Anthony Fauci. More truth telling. Yes. 45% of its annual budget from pharmaceutical companies. So they're really, you know, there's really no, it's kind of a seamless wow. subsidiary of the industry. And it's really, it's agency capture on steroids. We have 4.2% of the world's population, but we had 20% of the COVID deaths. And that's all on Anthony Fauci. Right. The, the mismanagement that took place. He basically got rid of early treatment. So 80% of the people who went to hospitals should never have gone to a hospital. Let's say if you went to your doctor yeah, and you and you have maybe a headache or you lost your sense of taste, it's an early symptom. It's not debilitating. And he gives you a PCR test and the PCR test says, hey, you have COVID. What does that doctor now do? Here's what he does under Tony Fauci's regimen. He tells you, go home. You're so sick that your lips turn blue because you can't breathe and go to the hospital and we're going to put you on a ventilator, which is going to probably kill you. Right. And we're going to give you remdesivir, which is going to probably kill you. And see, the Chinese, the pandemic only lasted for two months. Why? Because they were doing early treatment. They were treating them with chloroquine, which is hydroxychloroquine plus. They were treating with antibiotics, anti-inflammatories. Um, anticoagulants, steroids, monoclonal antibodies, and vitamins. Well, all the things that we know worked. By April, they knew that hydroxychloroquine worked. Right. And they actually knew much earlier because in 2005, NIH did studies on coronavirus that showed hydroxychloroquine obliterated it. And then in 2013, 2014, Fauci funded studies on MERS and SARS, which are coronaviruses that again show that hydroxychloroquine completely destroyed it we're not doing any early treatment and the reason for that is this the fauci was focused on the vaccines it was 98 billion dollar enterprise a 98 billion dollar vaccine industry is what caused this not what caused it but one of the benefits of doing it from robert kennedy jr and again All the signs pointed this direction, including the cover-ups, which began a year and a half ago. Do you remember when we were talking on this program, and that would have been the radio show, we were talking about the bus ads, the billboard ads on buses that said, kids have strokes too, how to know the signs. Kids have heart attacks too, how to be prepared. Kids don't have strokes. Kids don't have heart attacks. They knew this was going to happen. So the so-called public health officials, they were reading the death signals. It's not like they didn't know this stuff. I'm a rodeo clown with a podcast. I knew this stuff. You knew this stuff. They were reading it, but they didn't want to report it. So they started to cover in advance. This is an actual headline. This is a real, I am not making this up. This is an actual headline. If you go to the Substack page or you get the Substack emails, you can link to this. You can go see that I am not making this up. This is an ad, a picture, no, it's an article, pardon me, a picture of a father and a son were to believe playing video games together, looks like in the boys' room, 
They're both smiling. Headline, video games could trigger deadly heart problems in children. Study. Multiplayer war games were found to be the most triggering for children with possible heart conditions. They're prepping the environment to expect heart attacks in kids. And I was told, you can't go around saying this is anything other than well-intended mistakes. Well, I am not H.G. Wells. No one is. He was a man of incredible genius. The Lord gifted him in such distinct ways to be able to tell what he was telling and say what he said in the artful way that he did it in his books. And, of course, the very famous War of the Worlds radio program. A site I'd never heard of called Censor Scepter News points out that he also wrote what was called an open conspiracy. In this open conspiracy essay commissioned by the Notorious Committee of 300, a powerful group of elites founded by the British aristocracy in 1727 that rules the world, Wells outlined a terrifying utopia, one in which digital payment system tracks everyone's transactions all the time, National borders are non-existent. Private citizens aren't allowed to practice their religion or own arms. And a cabal of ruling elites dwindles down the world population to a mere one billion people in order to make the masses more easily manageable. He wrote, What then are we looking at? A loosening gathering of people with weird ideas? Certainly not. In the Committee of the 300, which has a 150-year history, we have some of the most brilliant intellects assembled to form a completely totalitarian, absolutely controlled new society, only it isn't new. Having drawn most of its ideas from the clubs and the cults and the diabolists, it strives towards a one-world government rather well-described in one of its late members, H.G. Wells. Back in his, um, in his work, commissioned by the committee, which Wells call, boldly called the Open Conspiracy Plans for a World Revolution. This is actually an analysis of what he wrote. It was a bold statement of intent, but not really so bold since nobody believed Wells except the great superior ones. And here's something that Wells proposed. Ready? This is his writing. The open conspiracy will appear first, I believe, as a conscious organization of intelligent and in some cases wealthy men as a movement having distinct social and political aims, confessingly ignoring most of the existing apparatus of political control or using it only as an incidental implement in the stages, a mere movement of a number of people in a certain direction will presently discover with sort of a surprise the common object to which we are all, they are all moving. In all sorts of ways, they will be influencing and controlling the ostensible government. Now, of course... When we talk about a one-world government, we're not to do that. When we talk about the pursuit of this stuff, we're not to do that. Because, of course, conspiracies can't be hidden. Oh. Oh, that's right. H.G. Wells didn't hide it. He published it. An open conspiracy. A one-world government and one-unit monetary system under permanent non-elected hereditary oligarchs who self-select from among their numbers in the form of a feudal system as it was in the Middle Ages. In this one-world entity, population will be limited by restrictions on the number of children per family, China, diseases, 
COVID, wars, famines, and until 1 billion people who are useful to the ruling class in areas will be strictly and clearly defined, remain as the total world population. What is the current number that the World Economic Forum types want? Half a billion. That's their goal. Half a billion people. They say it out loud. This system will have no middle class, only rulers and servants. All laws will be uniform under a legal system of world courts practicing the same unified court of law, uh, court of laws. The figurehead just got pushed a global minimum tax rate. Backed up by a one world government police force and a one world unified military to enforce laws in all countries where no national borders boundaries shall exist. We're seeing our national boundaries erased. We just watched a global pushed against people leaving their houses. We just watched a global installation of you will wear the face mask dummy. We just watched this happen. The system will be on the basis of a welfare state. Those who are obedient and subservient to the one world government will be rewarded with means to live. Those who are rebellious will simply be starved to death or declared outlaws, thus a target for anyone who wishes to kill them. Privately owned firearms of weapons of any kind will be prohibited. Social credit score. Vaccine passports. And the piece continues, and it's shocking, and it's chilling, and it's all readable for you with the Substack notes. If you don't get Substack, go to the ToddHermanShow.com. Sign up for the Substack. You get our show notes every day. Incidentally, I'm planning on changing those. I don't like them. I think they're annoying. Uh, well, there's me saying, hey, sign up for something I think is annoying. Um, I'm going to make s- uh, several changes, I think, in this new year. One of them is to make them more like a blog entry. And for a lot of reasons, uh, that's something I've held back on doing. And one more note on this, on all of this stuff. When I'm talking about being told and threatened in, in such in radio, please remember this. Please, please, I beg you to remember this. I am endlessly grateful for the wonderful fun and the great career I had in radio. And I'm glad to be back on the radio. And remember this, not one time in filling in for EIB, God rest rush, not a single time was I ever thought police or word police, not once, ever. There's one suggestion James made one day is, hey, the show's gotten off to a pretty religious bent. Let's get back to politics. I was going to say the same thing because it was the Mahas program. And the Maha chose the time when to do that, when not. And it was not to become a Bible quoting show. I had already decided to do that. James read my mind. So please keep that in mind as I'm talking about all this. Also this, people who couldn't see this coming, we can't hate them. We can be frustrated that they couldn't see it coming. But people have a huge problem believing that others can be so monumentally evil because you want to know what? They have trouble believing or observing the fact that our enemies are not flesh and blood That's not our battle. I'm going to say it again. Our battle is with spirits in the heavenly realms who are trying to drag souls down. That's our battle. The further that we get along the lines of remembering that people are used for evil and sometimes captured by evil and are spiritual captives and we pray for them rather than hate on them, the better off we'll be sure appreciate you being a part of this program and if you're new to it thank you so much well if you're not new to it thank you as well this is the todd herman show please go be well be strong be kind and be thankful that the lord allows us to see these things